In all four Gospels, Jesus frequently, often, is in conflict with the Pharisees and the scribes. And Jesus criticizes the Pharisees, the scribes, for being hypocritical, judgmental, uh, for being rule-bound and obsessed with minutia of the law, rigid. So I could see where somebody might read these passages that speak of the conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes and come away thinking, Jesus doesn't think the law is that important. You know, Jesus uh, is like the Beatles, you know, he says all we need is love. Laws, commands, those aren't his thing. Well, this is a misunderstanding, and our gospel today shows that, because how does it begin? I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill. To fulfill means to bring to perfection, completion. And he does that by keeping the exterior moral commandments, enjoining commandments regulating our interior disposition with them. This makes the new law more demanding than the old, which is why Jesus says our righteousness must surpass that of the scribes and Pharisees to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then our gospel contains several particular teachings of our Lord. For the sake of time, let's just zero in on the first one. Jesus says, you have heard it said through your ancestors, you shall not kill. And anyone who kills is liable to judgment. He's repeating the fifth commandment, basically. But then he goes on to forbid what is the potential root or beginning of murder, homicide, anger. And he gives these three degrees of anger that could potentially lead to this grave sin and crime. Get into those three degrees in a minute, but first let me say a couple of caveats. There is justified anger. There is anger um, that is not sinful, right? We know this because Jesus was angry, and Jesus is like us in all things but sin. Jesus is angry when he casts out the money uh, changers from the temple. You know, the Gospel of John said he made a whip out of cords. He was not happy. He was angry but without sin. And, you know, more than that, uh, St. John Chrysostom, he says this, he says, he who is not angry when he is caused to be angry sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. It fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked, but even the good to do wrong. I mean, look, simple common sense tells us that if somebody is not angry in the face of, of Serious evil? Well, something's not right there. Anger is a, a passion, an emotion. And like all emotions, in and of itself, it's not good or bad. It's neutral. Anger that is governed by right reason, by wisdom and understanding, will be good. Anger that's irrational and unhinged from reason. Anger that is devoid of charity or love of neighbor and love of God. Yeah, that's going to be evil. That's going to be sinful. And then just on a lighter note, uh, it's, it's uh, funny to me that on Super Bowl Sunday I decide to preach on anger. Uh, so we're supposed to practice what we preach, and I, I pray I do that tonight. All right, these three degrees of anger. 
First, Jesus says, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Well, this seems pretty basic. St. Thomas Aquinas says he's talking about uh, interior anger that is not manifest. And this is an anger that's hidden from the world, really. Uh, and more than that, he says this is a desire to injure another, injure them verbally or physically. Now, our, right there, that tells you this is a pretty serious degree of anger. This isn't frustration. This isn't annoyance. This isn't even something like wanting one who has committed a crime to face justice or one who has done wrong to face its consequences. This is, uh, again, this, this immoderately fierce desire to lash back out at somebody. That's this first degree of anger. The second one, he says, whoever says to his brother Rakal will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. This anger is outwardly expressed. Raka is, uh, it's an interjection. It's like an angry outburst whereby someone expresses that they despise somebody else. It is an expression of contempt. Uh, see, those words right there, despising somebody, showing contempt for them, that's pretty close to hating them, if not already there. Then the third degree of unjust anger is an anger that manifests itself in verbal injury of another. We injure their reputation. Now, the worst, there are worse things to call somebody in 2023 than you fool, which is what he says here. Anyone who says you fool is, li is liable to go to fiery Gehenna. But the, by the phrase you fool, we should understand all kinds of insults which are designed to hurt the reputation of another. Insults, curses, fill in the blank. Designed to hurt the reputation of another. And it would also include the sin of detraction, right? Which is where we reveal the faults of another without a good reason and so that we might hurt their reputation. Or the sin of calumny, where we make up false statements about somebody, again, in order to hurt their reputation. St. Francis de Sales says when we slander somebody else, we murder their reputation. Notice also the punishment escalates with each degree of anger as well. One who is angry is liable to judgment. One who says Raqqa is liable to the Sanhedrin, which is, you know, the idea there is that that's a higher court, and so the punishment's going to be more severe and the crime more severe. And then fiery Gehenna. In older translations, that is just translated as hell. It's saying there's, this is a grave. Once we've gotten to that point where we seriously injure someone else's reputation, we've, we've committed an objectively grave sin. So we can see right here, the new law of Jesus Christ is more difficult, harder to live. It is not that hard, relatively speaking, to not murder somebody. That's a pretty easy commandment to follow. To not be angry with your brother or sister or neighbor, you know, to, to not want to lash back out at somebody, yeah, that's, that's harder to do. In fact, I would say that's impossible to do by our own effort alone. So what are we to do? Well, first, Jesus tells us to be reconciled with whoever we've offended or whoever offends us. That means being willing to say when we're the offending party, 
I am sorry and to ask for forgiveness. And then when we've been offended, to be willing to forgive as well. And then, of course, we need to seek the mercy of God. We need to go to the sacrament of reconciliation uh, to receive God's forgiveness and, and to be reconciled to him. But then we need to daily bend the knee in prayer and ask for the grace to do God's will. Because it's only by his grace that our hearts will be transformed um, from wanting to exact revenge on our enemies or those we don't get along with or whatever, to trying and growing towards loving them. We must bend the knee daily and ask for the grace to love our neighbor as ourself and to trust that God who's begun this good work in us will bring it to completion as long as we persevere. May we persevere in prayer and seeking the mercy of God so that we might grow to love our neighbor as ourselves, that we might have the courage to be reconciled to others, to reconcile to God, and that we might grow to love even our enemies, so that we might come to love and live by the law of Christ and become the saints he created us to be.